out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your hosts, Shandara Peschel and Steven Zhao, together with the Express Yourself Star on Air team. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. Now, here's Shondara Pachau and Steven Zhao to kick off the fun. Hello and welcome to our program, Express Yourself. We're a show by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Star Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star Yard charity. I'm Steven Zhao. And I'm Young Juan. We're your teen host for today. So, Stephen, you went on a volunteer trip to help those who are disabled. I really admire the diversity of all your volunteer stuff you do. Like, I only volunteer once a week at the same place, but here you are, doing stuff from missions in Mexico to working at a camp for people with disabilities to teaching English in China. How was the mission trip? Well, it is true that I am back, and hopefully people have somewhat missed my voice uh, starting off this radio show each and every week. <laughs> there is a running joke, I believe, Yongju, that your voice is not quite as appealing to everyone. Okay, that's only your opinion. But this it's is still your a running joke. Show. I've made it a running joke, so I will leave Who that as my legacy. Who part of this joke? I don't you... know. I don't care. Invisible friend Bob. It doesn't matter, okay? The point is your voice is not as appealing. Of course, Steven. Yes, I am back, though. I'm excited to be back, but only for a short week. I mean, this is actually technically my last show for a couple of months. And um, to summarize, the trip that I went on in the past week was in the Santa Cruz Mountains, uh, where I was uh, working with people with disabilities at a family retreat, where their families come and basically spend the week doing whatever they want and being able to rest from all the difficult times they would have at home and everything. And I get paired individually with a, uh, with a camper, and we basically do whatever the camper wants to do, from rock climbing to riding on ponies to um, a talent show, square dancing, which, by the way, brought back great memories of seventh grade square dancing techniques. <laughs> I still remember all the dose I do in Alaman lefts. It was really funny. <laughs> and uh, other parties and late night mafia games. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. So you are leaving again in a couple of months to teach English in China. So when exactly are you leaving? Um, from the time that we are recording the show in a few days, actually. So I only have a few mm. days left to 
pack everything, say goodbye to people, and head off on a plane to a place that's 15 hours away in terms of time zones. And I'll be gone for about a month and a half-ish. I'll be back in August. And it's going to be one of the first major trips that I do like this. So quite excited, but also quite apprehensive. Yeah, that's really amazing, like how you're going somewhere to teach English. Well, I'll be following suit soon enough, but it's still really awesome how you volunteer all over the place. But since we are losing Stephen today, we are auditioning a new reporter, Ryan Sim, for a segment he designed called Pro Parley. Ryan plans to interview professionals in various fields and jobs to get the 411 for us teens here at Express Yourself. Ryan is a ninth grader at Doraday Valley High School in San Ramon, California, which is in the Bay Area. He is actively involved in speech and debate, which is probably the same league that Mike my team was in from Miramati High School, so I do recognize his name as being one of the stars on the team during the past year. Uh, continuing, sorry. <laughs> Model of the United Nations, Taekwondo, and playing basketball and tennis. Today, his topic for his radio audition for Pro Parley is on to read is to fly. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, Youngju. Hi, Steven. Starting off, before you give your segment, Ryan, do you want to describe what Pro Parley is and what your take on the idea of the topic is? Okay, so Pro Parlay is where I'm going to be interviewing professionals on the radio topics that we're going to be doing, and then they're going to give their opinion on various aspects of the topic. Fair enough. Do you know, have any idea how you're going to get into contact with all of these professionals? Well, many of these professionals are around us just like in our na daily neighborhoods. Like, for example, for this topic, I can talk to a teacher, and for a topic involving like sports medicine I can talk to the PE teacher so mm -hmm. you can talk to like over the phone email and face to face I guess mm -hmm. basically yeah. doing the job for a lot of us lazy teenagers <laughs> who don't want to do the research <laughs> all right Ryan take it away okay so hey everyone I'm Ryan Sim from San Ramon California and this is Pro Parlay teens are notorious for preferring to be on their slick iPhones and droids rather than reading a good old book and at times, I'm just as guilty. But reading is one of those few things that can't be replaced by games like Angry Birds and like Doodle Jump, no matter how fun and addicting that we find them. Reading allows us to go into these alternative worlds, like a world of magic with Harry Potter or a world of craziness and kookiness with Alice in Wonderland. So if you want to escape from this world of distractions and this world of this crazy world that we're living in these days, then you should pick up a book this summer and immerse yourself into these alternative worlds. So, Ryan, I heard you interviewed someone for the segment today. You sort of hinted at it, but can you tell us further who it is? Sure. So, I interviewed an English teacher at my school, Doherty Valley High School, and this is located in San Ramon. So what kind of book genres did she see getting more popular these days that students are hopefully reading more of, as you said? Well, especially in San Ramon, she's been seeing many teens getting many of these fantasy books, like Twilight or fantasy books, sort of like the book that we're doing for today's radio show, like The Serpent's Kiss. She's noticed that many teens, especially at our school, are reading these books as much as they can in their spare time, and they're even bumping into things because they're so nose-deep into their books. So physically running into our things. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like the poles that are 
placed around our school. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. Very well-planned poles. I remember how, how painful it is to run into poles. My friend actually had like a pole bumping accident from, I don't know if it was reading, but one day she came in with a black eye and everyone was so worried and she says she ran into a pole. But did, did your teacher have any recommendations for any books to read over the summer? Yeah, she actually did have some recommendations. So her recommendations were kind of old, but they're still pretty good books. She recommended the Harry Potter series because she found them to be very well written. And I think all of the Harry Potter fans mm -hmm. can relate to that. And surprisingly, she also recommended the Hunger Games series, which is gaining lots of popularity these days, both as a movie and as books. Definitely gaining a lot of popularity. Why do you say that that recommendation is surprising? Well, the main reason why I thought it was surprising is because a lot of teenagers these days are very repelled by the very idea of reading and they expect it to be dry and dull. But when we look at The Hunger Games, it's a movie inspired by a book, which is what reading is all about, reading these books. So this book, that this movie is so popular and it's so, like, it's one of the most like critically acclaimed movies around these days and it was inspired by a book and it just goes to show how some of the most popular and some of the most great movies out there originate from books that should definitely be read. Yeah, so I definitely agree with that when I was reading The Hunger Games and then when I was seeing the movie it was really, like a lot of people, like you said, expect reading to be so dull and boring. But sometimes we do have that problem. When we pick up a book, we re read a few pages, and then we realize that we don't like it. Did she have any ideas on how teens can pick the right book? She actually had a few ideas on how teens can pick the right book. She said how everyone has that one favorite book that they've always liked. And if teens want to find books that they enjoy similarly, they should look into books written by the same author, or they should read books that are similarly written like as in genre or in like style. Ryan, you definitely sound like a bookie, which is definitely great for <laughs> having a, since we are a literacy charity, this is a perfect timing for you to audition with a book related segment. Do you personally have any suggestions for any books to read over the summer? I actually have a few suggestions of books that should be read over the summer. So I thought that the inheritance cycle, which is like those books about the dragons with like Aragon. Aragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By Christopher Paolini. I think that has amazing descriptions and plot development that honestly just blow me away. And another book that I think should be read this summer is Cash 22. I think that's a really good book, even though it's a little bit advanced, because it has a lot of the subliminal humor and some of sort of like crazy humor at times that makes you want to share it with like your nearest neighbor. And finally, a, another great book to consider is Be the Star You Are for Teens, which is our radio signature book, which is written for teens and by teens. So it's a pretty cool book, and it's also definitely worth checking out. Yeah, so definitely I'll be reading Aragon. I've read it before, but I couldn't quite finish, but <laughs> I'll definitely be doing something. But what's your opinion on the Kindle versus regular books debate? Well, honestly, taking a step back, I think both have their pros and cons. Kindles are portable and they allow you to take your entire library with you to places, but it's still not the same as reading a book where you can feel the paper and the time and energy that was poured into the books by the authors. And also, come to think of it, Kindles are pretty harsh on the eyes and it's hard to read them for a long period of time. 
Yeah, definitely. That relates to the technology debate we actually were talking about a few sec- uh, a few shows earlier, where we had some technology guests on with us. Unfortunately, we are pretty much out of this time for this segment, Ryan. But before you leave, we do want to ask one thing: What do you enjoy the most about reading, and what would you tell others to do in terms of reading? Okay, so as I said earlier, I love the feeling of being taken away to another place when I read. Because with our world these days being so hectic, with all of these distractions coming from Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, with all of these distractions, sometimes it's nice to be able to just be transported into another world, which is done really well by books. And I hope that all of the teens out there will be able to just take this. If they don't get anything from this, that they just take away this. That reading books can sometimes be just a great way to relieve stress. And to help yourself forget about these daily problems that we're facing sometimes.、Mm-hmm. Books are as effective as movies, if not more effective, because you're allowed to imagine your own scenarios, and that is in itself a great way to use your imagination to get away from real life. Definitely agreed with you right there. Anyways, Ryan, thank you so much. Your audition was awesome, and we are okay, so glad、you. to have you with us.、Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a break right now, but when we return, join us as we interview New York Times best-selling author Melissa De La Cruz. For those who don't ha- haven't heard of her, she is author of the new book *Serpent's Kiss*, along with several other young adult and adult fiction novels. I'm Stephen Zhao, and I'm Yang Juan. You're listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure you check out the photos, descriptions, link, gossip, and more at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We'll be right back with New York Times bestselling author Melissa Dillock. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are—in the car, out and about, while traveling, or any time you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed, or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Young Juan. And I'm Steven Zhao, back today, and we are your teen hosts. Melissa De La Cruz is our guest today, and she is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of many critically acclaimed and award-winning novels for teens. Serpent's Kiss is the sequel to Witches of East End, her best-selling debut adult novel. Not only is she an author of many best-selling novels, she was a former fashion and beauty editor. Dela Cruz has written for the New York Times, Cosmopolitan, the San Francisco Chronicle, and Teen Vogue, among others. She has also appeared as an expert on fashion trends and fame for CNN, E! Network, and Fox News. Dela Cruz grew up in Manila and moved to San Francisco as a teenager. She's a graduate of Columbia University and lives in Los Angeles and Palm Springs with her family. Her new book, Serpent's Kiss, is the well-brewed and spellbinding follow-up to the Witches of East End about a family of beguiling witches living in the Hamptons. Things have finally settled down for this Beauchamp family of witches. With a centuries-old restriction against practicing magic lifted, life has never been so good for the three immortal witches. That is, until everything gets turned upside down. And we'll let Melissa tell you about her story herself. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Good to have you. Why don't you give us a quick overview of what your stories are about and especially giving an awesome introduction to Serpent's Kiss and a promotion for others to read it. <laughs> sure. Um, I wanted to write a story about a family and I especially wanted to write about uh, sisters. Uh, I'm very close with my sister and I think uh, when you have a sister it's a special kind of relationship. So I really wanted to write about sisters and the relationship with their mom and uh, have it be a supernatural story because those are the stories that I write about. So there are three uh, women living in Long Island and it's a mom and her two daughters and they are uh, uh, Norse gods actually who cannot practice magic since the Salem witch trials. So they live in Northampton which is a fictional town. There's no such uh, thing as Northampton, New York. And I wanted to create, you know, a magical kind of secret place where they uh, kind of uh, live their ordinary lives. And then little by little, they start to pra practice magic and then um, kind of bad things happen to them. Um, because uh, as they start to practice magic, um, you know, people start to notice. And at first, everybody's really excited. You know, there's love potions, there's spells, um, you know, they're curing the sick. But then when bad things happen in the town, who does the town point to but the women who are different in their midst. So I wanted to kind of talk about how, you know, if you're different and people notice, you know, uh, you know, suddenly what was a, a good thing about you suddenly is a bad thing. So, so it's about that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So with so many young adult writing about vampires, werewolves, and wizards, it's really fun to read about like modern day witches. Witches aren't as popular, but I think that's going to change with your new book. But have you all always been interested in witchcraft? Um, I think a little bit. I think magic has always been an interest, you know, the supernatural. Uh, 
And uh, I think witches are really fun. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I think when you are kind of uh, drawn to the paranormal, um, definitely vampires are kind of my first love, but witches <laughs> are up there. <laughs> So while I was reading, I was just really curious about one other thing. Like, how do you come up with your characters' names? They're so, they're so unique. Uh, yeah, no, names are really, really important. I think you have to have the right names for characters. And I was doing a lot of research on um, Norse mythology, and I came upon uh, the goddess Freya. And I thought it was a really great name. Uh, and it was, you know, in the mythology, but a, a name that would work kind of in modern times, too. So I, I picked that. And then I liked, um, I always like to name Ingrid, which is, I think, a Scandinavian, uh, has Scandinavian roots. And so um, so I chose Ingrid. And then Joanna, I, you know, I, I just kind of gravitated these names. And I've written 25 books. I have to find a name that I haven't used before either. So, mm -hmm. Melissa, when you're writing, out of curiosity, what comes first to you? Does the character, the plot, the scenario, the climax of the book or the solution come first? Uh, I think kind of the concept kind of comes first, you know, definitely that idea of writing about, you know, uh, the sisters came first. I would say maybe the characters a little bit. Uh, with Blue Bloods, it was different because that was kind of uh, kind of plot. The plot kind of happened mm -hmm. first and then I kind of figured out how I wanted to tell the story through the characters. But with Witches, the characters kind of came first. Mm -hmm. And how did you design your characters? Did they, did you have a preset notion of who they were, or did they emerge and evolve as you wrote about the plot? I think you, you know, you always have an idea, and then you kind of toss your characters into the story, and then they start kind of engaging in the story, and then they kind of come to life. So, you know, I definitely had an idea. You know, Freya's the wild child; she's kind of fun and kind of uninhibited, and Ingrid's kind of more repressed and, uh, you know, kind of buttoned up and uh, uptight and then as you tell the story you know you, they'll take those characteristics but then it'll you know kind of they'll kind of surprise you in different ways mm -hmm. with so an introvert another, and an extrovert that's yeah. a great combination <laughs> so another interesting choice in your novel was that every chapter in the book was the title of a song can you tell us why you chose to do that uh, you know, I just really like, I used to be a magazine writer, as you guys mentioned, and uh, one of my jobs when I worked at magazines was uh, coming up with the heads and the decks, you know, kind of uh, mm, yeah. the little headlines, you know, all around, you know, that were kind of clever. And I always kind of enjoyed that part of my job. So when I write my books, I always like a chapter heading. And then a couple of the songs were kind of easy. I think I had maybe 10 chapters with a song title. And then I thought, oh, why not just do the whole book with a song type? Because that would be kind of fun. So, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Questioning, especially on the idea of magic in your books, uh, there's a lot of different forms of magic out there. I mean, there's the Harry Potter magic where they wave a wand, and it's the classic magic you think of. And then there's the more non-speaking type of magic. And then there's either good magic or bad magic. What kind of perception of magic did you take in your books, and how did that perception come out? Um, I, th you know, I always like to write about, um, you know, people who practice magic with with good intentions at heart. So. You know, my vampires are, I think, good, quote, vampires. And so my witches are, you know, they practice white magic. And, uh, and so, it's, you know, so it breaks the stereotype of witches with tall hats oh, and pointy nose. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, I like when, um, you know, a supernatural creature is something else. My vampires are fallen angels and my witches are Norse gods. So I kind of like to do a little bit of a mashup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you it's really different from 
like Stephen was mentioning, our perception of witches. But how do you also determine whether your book is young adult or adult? And I know that this book is your debut novel or the sequel to your debut novel for adult. Uh, my adult debut. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so how do you determine that? Uh, you know, I mean, I kind of decided I wanted to write after writing a lot of uh, young adult books. I would you know, I've been writing about high school and, and junior high and, you know, teenagers for about 10 years. And I was kind of ready to do something else. Uh, when I started writing Blue Bloods, I always tell the story that, you know, I was single and I lived in New York. I'd met, you know, my husband and I had been together 16 years. So I had a boyfriend and I think we were engaged. I think we were married, but, uh, but we didn't have a kid yet. And then when I wrote Witches, you know, I was a mom. Uh, we were living, you know, uh, outside of the city back kind of in the suburbs, although we live in L.A., it's all a big suburb, but, uh, you know, we'd left New York, and so these kinds of things kind of made me want to write different kinds of stories, and uh, I thought, oh, I want to write about, you know, women who are a little older, who are not 16, you know, who kind of know who they are and have new stories to tell, so that, you know, I, I think definitely how old your characters are definitely, the, you know, decides whether it's a YA or an adult book, and then, uh, and then once I decided that, you know, they were in their, you know, uh, uh, 20s and Ingrid is in their 30s, and I wanted to write about a mom in her 50s and 60s. So yeah. do you have a lot of teens who are reading the Witches of East End novels? Yeah, a lot of the Blue Bloods fans have kind of uh, come over uh, and they said that they enjoy it. And, and uh, it's kind of fun. I think, you know, I, I think these are kind of the just genre categories. You know, I think that any teen would enjoy witches, and I think adults would enjoy blue bloods. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's a marketing concern. <laughs> mm -hmm. Melissa, it sounds like a lot of the inspiration for your stories comes from your family or, like, the life going on around you. What other sources of inspiration do you have for what you write? Um, I think, you know, definitely the books that I read as a kid, uh, I write a paranormal because I love Stephen King and mm -hmm. Anne Rice and Lord of the Rings. And, you know, I was a big sci-fi fantasy reader. Uh, so definitely the books that, you know, that you, I loved as a, as a kid, as a teenager are the ones that kind of influence me now. Um, and then I like to write about things that I know. I, I wrote about New York because I was a, an editor in New York and I wanted to write about kind of the glittery Manhattan scene. And then um, my husband and I had a house in Shelter Island for a long time when we lived in Manhattan. And so that's why I wanted to write about the Hamptons because I had all this material. So, yeah, definitely every part of my life gets into the book somehow. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's almost like creating your own life for yourself out of your stories. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Melissa. Unfortunately, we are out of time for now, but luckily you'll be back next segment. And we really want to talk to you about your writing in general, how you got published, how you started writing, and just the specifics behind the ideal and the profession of writing. And you can find out more about Melissa herself to our listeners at www.melissa-delacruz.com. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Young Juan. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at btsya.com and this radio program at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. We'll be back in a bit. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Added Preservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Young Juan. And I'm Steven Sao, and we are your team hosts. So Melissa De La Cruz, author of the new book Serpent's Kiss, is back to tell us more about her writing background and her work at numerous established media companies. Welcome back, Melissa. Thanks for having me. It's fun being here. So Melissa, you have worked at New York Times, Mary Claire, Hopper's Bazaar, Glamour, half of these I don't know what they are, <laughs> among other magazines. How did you as a girl from Manila get started working with these prestigious American firms? Uh, well, we moved to San Francisco when I was a teenager, so I actually went to high school in the U.S., and then I went to Columbia University uh, in New York, and after I graduated from college, I wanted to write books, so I actually... Uh, sent my first novel to an agent and it took me a while to get an agent um, and uh, we were actually not able to sell my first book but then an editor at Simon Schuster, Jeff Klosky, who is now the uh, publisher at Riverhead, he's a very important person in publishing and back then he was just a young editor but he had uh, signed up some really great uh, writers like he discovered David Sedaris and Dave Eggers and he actually told me um, that I should write for magazines if I wanted to write books because it would be better to show that I could meet a deadline, that I could write professionally. 
And so I took his advice to heart and I started publishing uh, little pieces for a, a newspaper called the New York Press which was like the Village Voice. It was a free uh, weekly. And uh, it was really fun. So I wrote for them for a long time and then worked on another book. And then when my book finally came out when I was 27 uh, was when the magazine started getting interested in me. And I think Marie Claire was one of the first places that, uh, that hired me to write for them. And then Harper's Bazaar. And then from there, I got a job at, Glam at Allure. And, you know, it kind of like once you're in with one magazine, everybody else wants you. So I was a journalist for a long time. So from childhood, did you always know you're going to be a writer and that you were interested in writing? Oh, definitely. It's it's uh, it's one of the great things about being a writer is that it's a childhood dream. I think I was uh, eight years old when I wrote my first book and it was a book of poems that I stapled and <laughs> um, you know, and she still remembers it. And it was always something I was always drawn to books. And, you know, I all, you know, I'm a book person. And, and, uh, and that, you know, that's kind of it. You just, I never kind of gave up on that dream. So mm -hmm. I think we all remember those incidents in our childhood when we have something we want to write and just want to be the new writer that creates the new <laughs> world that everyone's into. I mean, I know for myself, I've had some of those instances, but it's amazing, Melissa, how you've been able to keep on going through that and then suddenly become what San Francisco Chronicle, New York Times, all these famous American uh, magazines looking for you to write for them. Melissa, just to ask a question, do, could you tell us and explain a little bit about the whole process for publishing? Like you mentioned, you have an editor and a publisher and you sent out your first uh, draft and stuff like that. Do you want to uh, describe to all of our listeners what kind of process that is? Sure. Um, well, with traditional publishing, which uh, used to be just called publishing because now they're self-publishing, and uh, which is a whole different ballgame. Uh, but if you want to be paid to write books, which is what I wanted. I wanted it to be my job to write books. Uh, and uh, the one thing that you need is to get an agent because your agent sells your book to the publisher. So that was the first thing that I wanted to do was get an agent. And there was a book called The Writer's Market. And I think that it's still being published. Um, it might be also be online now where you can go and you know pay them a subscription uh, and get their information. So the Writer's Market lists all the agents and it lists uh, what kind of uh, books they're interested in. And it also tells uh, uh, writers how to approach them. You know, you needed the cover letter and three chapters of your book, you know, send it out and wait, you know, six weeks. Usually agents should be able to get uh, back to you within that time period. And I just followed the directions, you know, so, you know, I read this book and I picked, I think, about 20 agents from the book and then I sent uh, my book to them. And uh, I think six of them got back to me and said, we'd like to see more. And of the six that came back to me, three of them, once they saw my whole book, said, we want to represent you. So, you know, it, it wasn't that hard. I think a lot of people um, get scared about sending their stuff out, about worrying what the feedback's going to be. Uh, and, you know, for me, I just wasn't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just wasn't that worried. I, I you know, I, I really wanted it. And, you know, I felt like I could take feedback. And, you know, when, when I got my agent, I was like, you know, yeah, this is, uh, this is good. This is the way, you know, it should be. But just because I got an agent, we didn't sell the book. And I actually went through six agents, um, before I was able to sell my first novel. So. Oh, wow. But no. uh, that's actually really interesting because I always had the impression that getting your first novel sold is really, really difficult and finding an agent it costs a lot of money or something. And actually, that gives a really good perspective because that shows that, you know, with some effort, it's not 
extremely hard as long as they have a yeah. bit of the talent and you want to get this. Well, yeah, I, I think I just need to correct you because um, it doesn't cost any money to have. It doesn't. Agent. No, oh. I mean, and agents who ask you for money are not agents. There's oh. You know, an agent makes money when they sell your book because they take a percentage of uh, the advance. But that's that's the reputable agent. You know, you don't need to pay anybody to be your agent. See, I mean, that's new they, information to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's a lot of, you know, um, misconception about publishing. Like, so I think somebody asked me, do I pay my publisher? It's like, no, my publisher pays me. <laughs> <laughs> so also, what is the hardest part about rejection and facing rejection? How did you cope with not having your book published like the first time? Um, yeah, it was, you know, it's difficult, but I didn't think it was going to be easy. And, uh, I just try not to be bitter and keep trying, you know, um, I think for a while there was about, I was 22 when I sent my first novel out and I was 25, uh, when, no, I think 27 when I finally sold it. So it was five years of, you know, kind of frustration and trying again and writing the next book. And I think you just need to, one, really want it, and then two, work really, really hard. It's always much harder than you think. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought that it would come off the bat. And, you know, you look back and, you know, wow, you know, 27 is still pretty young to sell a first novel. Um, but for me, I felt really old. Like, I was like, you know, I've been wanting this since I was eight years old. So <laughs> it's like 19 years later. <laughs> 19 years is a bit of time, but that is yeah. a worth it wait, apparently, right now. <laughs> So the next step for a lot of authors is to have their books made into movies. Have you been approached yet to make any of your novels into movies? Uh, yeah, a lot of my books have been optioned, so, which means Hollywood buys uh, your property and then tries to make a movie. Uh, but uh, while a lot of things have been optioned, nothing has been made. I think one of them, my uh, anthology that I edited uh, with my friend, is now a re uh, that one got made into a reality TV show. So we have one show <laughs> that happened. How much of a say do you get when they want to make things into movies? Well, basically, after you sell your book to the publisher, how much control do you have of the book and what's done with it, whether it's a movie or a TV show or anything? Well, all, you have all the control because the, we own the rights. So, yeah. you know, once you, once you sell the rights, it depends on the negotiation. And, uh, and it really kind of depends on how well your book did, how big your agent is, how much they want it. It's, you know, so those are all factors. I've been lucky enough that, you know, if anything had been made, uh, I would be uh, a producer on it. So I would have some control over it. That's pretty awesome. Melissa, stepping back and looking at your motivation to writing in general, you've said you wanted to write since you were eight years old. And what did you, what really inspired you about writing that made you motivate, that motivated you to work so hard for the next 19 years? Um... I don't know. I think writers kind of are the kids who are kind of quiet and, you know, like to be by themselves and like to live in their own world. And, you know, I spent a lot of my teenage years, you know, just reading and uh, not really I was not very social. Um, and I think books were I was more comfortable around books and I really liked writing. And, uh, you know, you're just kind of more introverted than uh, a lot of people and that's kind of who becomes writers because you've been spending so much time a lot of the job is you know sitting in front of a desk and you know kind of being by yourself so if that's not something that you can do I don't think you're going to be <laughs> a writer you know if you want to go out to 
parties every night, it's not gonna be. <laughs> not really, <laughs> unless you were riding on the spot. But even then, that was that's a little questionable. <laughs> Melissa, yeah. you don't seem very introverted, though. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I think uh, there's a such a thing they call them functioning introverts, and you kind of understand <laughs> when. Introverts. Yeah, that makes us introverts look so bad. Yeah, we're not that depressing. So Melissa, <laughs> but working in the journalism field does mean talking to a lot of people. So how does that affect your introvertedness? I think Did you have to like step out of the box or? Yeah, um, I think that I actually became a reporter because I wanted a challenge and being a reporter forced me to talk to people. And, uh, and uh, you know, as long as it was my job, I could do it. So uh, yeah, no, I think I was drawn to it because I knew it would kind of bring me out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Melissa, unfortunately, we are out of time for our second segment. But before we close up, just one what one last thing would you have to say to anyone who's an inspiring writer out there? What would you tell them so that they can continue writing and hopefully get their own book published? Well, I would say, uh, you know, not to give up, to keep reading. And, you know, a published writer uh, is somebody who just doesn't give up, you know, so just keep on knocking on that door till it opens. Mm -hmm. Everyone, you've heard her. So those with hidden stories out there that we all want to read, we do want to read them. So keep on getting working and writing and getting them published. Melissa, thank you so much uh, for joining us here today. We really appreciate you ha having you on this show and this segment. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. For those of us listeners who have more questions about Melissa, visit her website again. It's www.melissa-delacruz.com. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Young Juan. Thank you so much for appearing on our show and talking to us about your inspirations and how, how to become a writer. And you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, where teens talk and the world listens. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with an artsy gift segment. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. 
The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey there, and thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. And that's the last time we're going to say that for a while. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> My name is Steven Sow. And I'm Young Juan, and we're your teen hosts. So today is all about witchcraft and sorcery, which reminds me of a lot about my own childhood, I was like a huge Harry Potter fan, and a lot of magic potions deal with youth, beauty, and love. So today I have a little secret on how to rejuvenate your skin, a potion if you will. What I'm teaching you today has been in my family for generations. Why spend tons of money at the spa when you can make your own facials? My favorite facial is an oatmeal and honey scrub. If you haven't done this before, it might feel weird putting your favorite foods on your face, but foods that are good for your body are also good for your face. Oatmeal has magical powers. It really does. It improves skin tone, texture, and clarity to reveal brighter and more radiant skin without over-drying. Aveeno makes all their products from oatmeal. So here's how to make it. Get a small handful of oatmeal, just the same stuff you buy and eat for breakfast. Run it under water to get it mildly wet, but not completely drenched. Put, a, put the slightly wet oatmeal in a bowl and mix some honey in there, maybe a teaspoon for every handful of oatmeal. Honey is really sticky, but also good for your skin because it's a natural moisturizer. However, one thing to watch out is to get organic honey. You might not eat organic honey, but the processed stuff with added chemicals is really bad for your face. So after you've mixed the facial together, massage it on your face for about 5 minutes. Leave it there and don't touch it for another 5 minutes. A good sign to tell when it's done is when the facial has slightly hardened. Then rinse with warm water. Some other popular ingredients to put in homemade facials are yogurt, pumpkin, coffee, olive oil, banana, cucumbers, etc. It's really fun to experiment with all sorts of different ingredients and see what's good for your face. We can all be modern day witches. Alright, Yonju, so for the guys out there, do you mm -hmm. want to explain what a facial is? Okay, because so I actually don't know. It's really sad really? that I don't. Really, you don't know what a facial is. Have no. you ever seen like I don't know? I have seen it. I have seen like women with like avocados on their yeah. faces. Our, our director, by the way, was saying behind the screens that they are using that they use um, avocados, which I'm wondering why because doesn't that make your screen your skin kind of green? Which I guess fits with the idea of witches, but that's a whole other story. What is the facial? <laughs> okay, so a facial is something you put on your face. It's like a face mask, and it just. I don't know how to explain this to you, but it like nourishes your face and makes your face all like fresh looking, and it's it's like really good after you've had a lot of stress. Does yeah. it like take out the oil from your face or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sometimes if you have like extra oily skin, it like takes out your face, takes out the oil, and then if you have a really dry face, you can find ingredients that moisturize it, like honey. 
Okay, that makes a little more sense. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I wasn't quite sure. I, I don't know. It could be some special molding mixture that turns your skin bleach or white. Of or something. course, Steven. It might, okay? I don't know what girls do. I'm not one, and I don't live with one. All right, well, other than my mom, but that's a... Never mind. <laughs> so, Yunjin, what's the weirdest facial mask, the homemade facial mask that you've ever done? Oh, okay, so my mom, she really likes, like, this kind of green bean stuff. It's not, like green beans but it's it's like a family it's like in the green bean family and my mom like grinds that up in our mixer and then that's probably the weirdest thing that i have put on my face okay see i've had i've had potatoes put on my face but that's a potatoes. different thing interesting yeah that's not used for facials i don't know what it was used for it was some kind of medic medic medicational purpose but oh, i'm not sure now Interesting. <laughs> so when it comes to these facials, when do you think it will, you would see the benefits of them? You see the benefits like immediately. Like, oh my goodness, facials are the best thing ever after like finals or like AP testing, any time like that. During the summer when it's all hot and you feel icky, that's like a good time to do a facial too. Your face looks like really clean and like shiny and you just feel great. So is are these only for girls or do most guys? No. no? Um, well, a lot of girls do it because... It's just, well, actually, a lot of girls don't do homemade facials. They go out to the spa, but that's really unnecessary because the spa is not different from homemade facials. But guys can also do this. Like, my mom sometimes forces my dad. But it's often forced, isn't it? Well, yes. That's like, well, because guys don't know about this, so they need to learn. And, you know, so you're teaching all of the guys listening to us right now. Yeah. All right. How much do facials usually cost then? Um, facials don't cost that much because you just use the ingredients that you have, hopefully. And, like, organic honey costs maybe, like, I'm not sure how much it costs, but it doesn't cost that much. It's, like, huge, and you use it for, like, a year. And so they're really cheap compared to, like, spas and other types of places you might go to get a facial. How much would yeah, it cost, cost at a spa or something? <laughs> yeah, they cost, like, 80 to $100 at a spa. And so at home, it's, like... Max, maybe like ten dollars if you like use eighty, 80 to a hundred dollars. I could get a new a mini computer with that. That's so yeah, much exactly. more useful That's... than fixing oil on my face. <laughs> well, some people like pretty faces. Guys have skin too. I'm sure they need to keep it clean. They help you look younger. So I don't care. Older guys are better. <laughs> Great. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just making fun of you guys. I'm sure that facials are very. I don't know how to describe them. I'm sure facials are great. This sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was told that I should say that I'm going to try that also, but I'm probably not. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm going to be giving myself facials anytime soon. But I will pass it along to all of my friends who are girls. They can do it. <laughs> I'm sure at college you'll run into a situation where you want your face to look nice and you'll remember that you should put oatmeal on your face. I will remember that. And actually, that brings up, since we have some extra time and I'm going to be talking about myself and how I'm leaving for the next few minutes, I would like to mention that Pepperdine, when I'm going to college next year, has an interesting uh, tradition where on the first few days of school, the guys all take one of their ties and box them up and bring them over to the girls' dorms. The girls each pick a random tie and that tie is their date for the evening and we all go have this fancy dinner at the dean's house. All the freshmen. So I will not be getting a facial for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't you want your face to look nice for the occasion? Not really. I really don't care. I'm sorry. I don't need to impress. What a lucky girl you'll, you'll have a Yeah, I really feel sorry for the girl because I think she is going to be tortured for the evening. 
Yeah, she'll probably talk to you about facials, and then you can be all like, yeah, oatmeal is great for your face, and she'll be really impressed, even. Thank you. You're teaching me how to impress girls. That's wonderful information. <laughs> that was sarcasm. <laughs> of right. course. This is my last show, unfortunately, and it's very sad to be able to say that, but hopefully I will be back after moving on to college next year. And it's been an amazing experience here hosting Express Yourself Teen Radio with all these different guests that we've come across. I mean, I remember talking to the um, football player, famous football player who makes millions every year, talking to writers, talking to musicians, talking to teen bands, and everything across the entire scheme of what could people that we can talk to. And Yeonju here is taking mm. my position as the official host. We're going to finally look for a co-host afterwards, but Yeonju is going to take over my position as the official host, and I know she's going to do an amazing, amazing job. And just in the past couple of months that you've been on the show, Yeonju, it's pretty obvious how much you've uh, improved at this. And for once, I will be nice and say Yay. that your voice is rel relatively appealing. Relatively. Thanks, Steven. I'm glad that you're not going to say viewers are tortured by the sound of my voice like you did and show way back that, when. I'm not that mean, okay? You're making that up. I never I'm not making that up. It's on the archives. I don't care. Listeners, don't go to the archives. She's lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> Yeonju, did you ever imagine you were going to be in this position when you first started joining this charity? I, I really didn't. I thought I'd be doing my artsy gifts, and maybe if I was lucky, I'd co-host a couple times. Like, I didn't know I'd be here so fast, but I'm really thankful and grateful to all the people here who have helped me become a better host. Yes, don't say co-host. You are the host now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels so weird saying that I'm the host. Mm -hmm. Well, I can relate. I mean, we started this back in October, not too long ago. And I mean, I was thrown into this pretty randomly also. I had no idea what I was doing. The very first show, I was stumbling over every single word that I said and had no idea how to make up stuff on the spot. But uh, hey, Yunju, you did not start off like that. And that just means you got so much more to grow and so much more to do. So it's really exciting where the show is going to take us. And I am very happy to be in part of it as it grows and hopefully return to it sooner or later. Yunju, what? ideas do you have for the what inspiration do you have as this time moves on anything final anything you want to bring the show to as now you're one of the main directors of it uh, well I just want to make sure we reach out to more people and just to keep our show going I'm just in such in shock about the whole hosting that I'm not sure what direction I want to take I'm sure you'll still be here in Pepperdine and I can always ask you like Steven <laughs> What direction should I take? And you'll have something insightful to say. I will be in touch. And like I said, I will do everything I can to get back onto the show, hosting right alongside Yeonju sooner or later. And for the next couple of months while I'm in China, I will do everything. I will do my best and see if I can get a couple of shows recorded there so you guys can hear a broadcast from halfway That'd across the so globe cool. in China, not in Chinese, in English. <laughs> not in Chinese. Yes. Can you speak Chinese, Steven? Yes, I can, actually, which That's is why so cool. I will survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will continue working behind the scenes, working as administrator and sending out the emails as necessary. So I will be checking my e the email that uh, be the star you are, Team Radio. So if anyone emails us, we will be in touch. Hey, Stephen. Yes. Stephen. Yes. Hey, this is your production team in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to miss you and we wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you, Perry. 
Perry, you have never spoken on the live radio before, and this is pretty awesome to hear you here. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, we we wanted to just tell you how much we're going to miss you, and uh, uh, we wish you the best. Okay. All right, I will be in touch then. And Everyone. Stephen, this is Cynthia, <laughs> and you know I'm going to miss We're you. We're breaking major all the rules times. here, guys. We're, We're breaking, breaking all, all the rules. But we want to thank you, Stephen, and you've been a great influence for Young Jew, and and she's mm. going to be great taking over. But Stephen, you're not done with this. Don't think you're getting away this easy. Oh, you, yeah. I want you to say, "I'll be back." I'll be back. Yes, yes. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> of course, I had to say it in that voice. All right. Don't think I've ever heard that before. For the, last every time, day. for the last time, for a couple months at least, all right? I'll be back, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. And thanks to Star Star Productions for producing this show. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. For more fun stories written by teens, pick up a copy of Be The Star You Are for Teens at www dot be the star you are dot com. I'm Steven Zhao. And I'm Young Juan. Thank you for always tuning in every week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. You can upload your creative works at our site for free and get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, and sign up for our free newsletter and make a donation to keep Be The Star You Are alive. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Stephen, for being here for an, for this long time and inspiring everyone to be a better person. And until next week, remember, express yourself. Express yourself. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Moo. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself